Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, how's it going? Uh, it's Steve, here with Matt, back for episode 40 of Bold Sports. It was worth coming here. It was it was fun driving around tonight in the South Hills, brother. Let me tell you. Oh, I we had, a, I, we had another mobile dumpster sighting. Yeah, on Banksville Road, uh, floating down Banksville dumpster, dumpster yeah. on Banksville. Uh, it looked like. I hope the beer's okay at Banksville. I um, hope the beer's okay at Banksville beer. I saw the the shot I saw was like from Potomac, looking up Banksville towards McFarland. Um. Oh, McMonagle, mm-hmm. and the Firestone was on the right, and it was just all underwater. Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's, mm, you know, that's just what happens. It's summertime in Pittsburgh, and or, I've got a creek flowing through my basement. There's a river on Banksville Road. We're uh, relatively high and dry here, Steve. Yeah, we're, we're high and dry here, uh, you know, uh, off off the Hoodridge Corridor, off the Hoodridge Hilltop here. You're, not that, you're not that far from the creek, though. So No, I had the creek's cross street from the house. That runs down to feed the big creek on 51, um, which I don't know that I've seen it come up into the trolley station, um, but first time for everything, especially with the crazy people that own the Asian restaurant on the other side, mm-hmm. went through and like weeded and like trimmed all the trees that hung over their turnaround, their mm-hmm. lot, dumped it into the creek bed. You can't do that. Well, it, they did. You There's can't just do that. brush and everything just dumped oh, into the creek bed man. now. So I this watched is... them do it, and I don't necessarily think it was the people that own the place. It was the people that they paid to do it. Well, that's not, that's just shitty. That's not the job, folks. That's and... not the job. You need to take it and dispose of it properly, and not in crick beds. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, for those sense. of you, we are recording here. It is Wednesday night. Uh, I guess it's the twentieth um, this week, uh, hey, recording before 2 a.m., what's up with that shit? Well, oh, wait, Matt's still on vacation, that's what's up with that. Even if I hadn't been, though, like, the pirates got rained out. Yeah, the pirates got rained I, out. I almost feel like I wasted a vacation day. Eh, yeah, you could have, you could have been, like, off in, like, five minutes and been yeah, over there anyway. could have got, but whatever, I got, I got time burned, so let's, let's just, you know. But look at the bright side, that you weren't just, like, um, covering the 1960 pirates, or... The best managers of all pirate times, or the 1992 uh, Fall of the Pirates. Yeah, but that stuff's all on tape. I know. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I only, yeah, I only yeah. work live events, man. Yeah, that's true. You tape, just, taped programming, like, that's... It's already handled. I, this is this podcast is the only taped anything that I have anything to do with. <laughs> that's good. So, uh, you have been on vacation. Uh, so... I know you being on vacation. How's your sports week? I know you watched some shit. I watched. I did watch some shit. I watched some golf. Awesome. I watched um, a lot of golf. I watched a lot of World Cup. I knew you would, and I have a whole World Cup segment that's dedicated. That says, Matt, this is all you. I, I saw that. <laughs> I'm, I'm palpitating as we speak. Uh, <laughs> but no, like I, I got to check out a pirate game on Saturday. Um, uh, you went to the pirate game. I went to the pirate game you, on Saturday. You bought tickets on secondary a secondary market. market. Paid a lot less than going to the gate. Probably not a lot less, but... Enough. The fact of the matter is that money was already in Nutting's pocket. Right, and you bought them off somebody who was just looking out to load them. I think that's a big... I think that that's not really how it works. Yeah. I think the Nutting's probably budget for a certain... 
percentage of tickets going to like second, you know, aftermarket brokers. Yeah, and I also I think all these teams do. I, I also think, feel that the Nuttings, uh, that the Pirates actually put some tickets on the secondary market, marked down way cheap, just to try to build a stadium. Yeah, but what do I know? Seller Rob Dudding, <laughs> like hmm. <laughs> Exactly. But I went to the game, and, you know, it's baseball, it's Pittsburgh, it's summertime. Did you go, did you go to a winner? They did win. That's good. At least um, you didn't see a winner. Balls were flying out. Oh, um, you went to that game. Yeah. Meadows hit a double off the wall in right. Also had a really good throw from right field through a strike to third base. The uh, The base runner was not advancing. Um, and they'll think twice about running on Meadows should they get the chance to. So that was a game Meadows started in right, Blanco sat in the bench. Yeah. And that was cool because I, saw, I looked at the lineup for Friday night and everybody on Twitter was like flipping out because they weren't playing Meadows Friday night. And I was like, perfect. That means they're going to play him tomorrow afternoon when I'm there. Well, see, It's we'll, all about me. Well, we'll talk about Polanco and Meadows later on in the podcast when we get to the Buckos. Um, but no, let's see, let's see this weekend. Uh, yeah, you and I played golf last weekend. We recorded. We got the episode out actually really good on time. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, so, finished watching the rest of the U.S. Open. That was exciting. That course was ridiculous. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, I watched, I was slow at work this weekend, so I got to watch um, the majority of the U.S. Open. Um, Father's Day, you're not a father, but you have one. Yeah. So, how was your Father's Day? It, it was, you know, wonderful. We gave Dad presents, and uh, my mom made pork chops. And, you know, we just, we hung out and watched the golf. We didn't, we didn't have the, uh, the grandkids weren't there this time around because, you know, there's another grandfather that they also go see. Right. For these types of holidays. So it was just kind of like a quiet, you know, like just let the adults, you know, watch some TV and bullshit for a while. That's good. It was, it was a good, good time, you know, very, very lucky to be able to, you know, see my, you know, both my parents on a pretty regular basis. So. Yeah. But you know, going over there and watching golf and talking about soccer and baseball—I mean, that's pretty. It's pretty much, you know, that's a good what Father's we do, Day. and that's and that's a good good way to fill your life. Yeah, Father's Day for me. My kid was on a plane, so I didn't really get to talk to him. Mm. Um, uh, he was on his plane on his way back to Pittsburgh. Uh, I did go over to my dad's house. He was in the midst of doing some um, stuff around the house that he doesn't want me to get to do, or that he don't really doesn't have time to do. You know, trim some bushes and. You know, spray for some, make sure that uh, preemptive spraying for bugs and mm-hmm. so forth. All those good things. We sat in bullshit with my parents for a while, talked to my dad, um, talked about bourbon and checked out some stuff. And, you know, didn't really have a game on or anything, just sat on the porch and bullshitted. Yeah. Uh, and then Amanda and I went to dinner, and then, because um, my mom really can't go to dinner right now, on uh, she has some medical things going on, and it's just rude to eat in front of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went to dinner, and then went over to see Amanda's dad, and then hung out there, and then came home later, later that evening at night, and uh, yeah, just chilled, relaxed, and then uh, yeah, I should have played golf this week. We should have played we yesterday, have. but you're like, I'm on vacation. I'm gonna go ride a bike. I did go ride a bike. I'm gonna go I ride went, a bike like 20 miles. And my plan, like my ambitious plan, was to play nine in the yeah. early afternoon, and then go for an evening ride. And I ended up just going for like an afternoon slash evening ride, and I did fifty miles, and I was pretty much done. If I had golfed miles? on top, if I had golfed on top of that, like I would have been real cranky. Jesus. Yeah, I did. I did fifty, and then I, you know, I had a snack. I had some ice cream. 
and then I took a nap. Well, if we would have played golf first, then you would have went on for the mile bike ride. I personally wouldn't have had to deal with your crankiness. You wouldn't so, have. I would have. No, you would have. Julia would have. Julia would have. Everyone else would have. Uh, Moses would have. Moses. You know. Whatever unfortunate bartender <laughs> happened to see me. <laughs> Uh, I don't think they would have been unfortunate bartenders. I think they would have been mad. Just drink this. Well, they would have made money. Yeah, they would have made money. Uh, but in the meantime, this past weekend, though, on your local soccer news, the Riverhounds. They did uh, pull off a win. They won 3-0 over the New York Red Bulls, two last Saturday uh, with goals from Parks and two goals from Brett. Uh, the Hounds were able to get some points on the board, secure a win, and move into a tie with Louisville City for second place in Group A. That's I didn't see it. You know, I was on my way home from the Pirates. It was uh, yeah, it was you, almost you, you, halftime. Yeah, when you we had, drove yeah, over. Yeah, the you, stadium. Had, you, you had the choice: Pirate game, Hounds game. So yeah. um, I would have done both, but I would have gotten there at halftime of the soccer game, and it's not really worth the price of admission if you're just going to see half. Well. It's true, but you probably could have got in pretty cheap. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. There, there will be another time. Like, there will be another time. I've, I've been enjoying watching the games when I can, like on the you know the ESPN package. Um, wished I had seen this one. I mean, like going in, I was a little concerned because, like, like I said before, um, I happen to know that the Red Bulls too have been running a lot of guys with the the MLS squad this year. So right. they've got some pretty good reserves scrubs if you will in new york like they've got they've got a pretty good team and they've got depth so you know it's kind of like how the baby penguins are one of the better teams in the ahl and that directly you know relates to how well the penguins can do when they start having injuries so for the riverhounds to you know hang three on you know a, a quality team like the red bulls too close to them in the standings um that was really good to see yeah, so right now Louisville City uh, is 12 uh, matches played, 17 goals for, 10 against, 24 points. Riverhounds are 13 matches played, 17 goals for, 7 against, and 24 points. Uh, so I guess that, you know, those, those, a lot of those nil-nil ties or 1-1 ties uh, or the 1-0 wins, you know, kind of helps them out this aspect that their defense has been good enough to... Um, stop the shots and their goaltending has been good enough to stop the goals Yeah, with only giving up seven goals uh, total, which looks to be the lowest, lowest in group A and looks like lowest in the USL. Seven goals against is the lowest. Like the next one is eight and that's Nashville. Mm. And then after that, it's like 10 and above. Like the New York Red Bulls have 22 goals against. Mm. Maybe they're not as good as I thought they were then. Uh, Atlanta United 2 has 28 goals against. TFC 2 has 33. Hmm. Um, who's, the highest, who's the highest in the standings of all the, like, scrub teams? Like, non-independent, like, two squads, as you, if you will. Hmm. Like, throw one out there for me to look at. I don't know. Seattle in the West has one. Um, LA Galaxy... Toronto, New York, Sacramento, San Antonio, Las Vegas. Yeah, those are all like independent. LA teams. Galaxy two. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty good. They're fourteenth. 
in their fourteenth uh, out of seventeenth in their That's in their cool. group. There are fourteen matches played, twenty three goals for, twenty seven against, and thirteen points. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm looking for, man. I don't know. I guess it's good that the scrub teams aren't any, you know, threat. Yeah. You know, let's 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 so, do it for like the independent soccer teams. Well, Cincinnati, like you said, is and is the it, you know, and they they are a rival just based fuck off Cincinnati. Of, but fifteen matches played, thirty goals for, eighteen against, and thirty points. Yeah, that's pretty good. They are the standard. In our uh, group A. But they're leaving, so, like, can we just let them go now and just be done with them? <laughs> you know, like, they're going to MLS. I guess Hartford is getting a new USL team next year. Like, Hartford is going to replace Cincinnati, was was the story that I read. So, like, see you. Bye. Go away, Cincinnati. Well, you have this uh, Saturday, uh, the 23rd, coming up here. Uh, we're going to have the Charleston Battery coming to Pittsburgh. Um or no, or no that's a way because we got the Nitro Circus this week. Oh, that's right because see, I'm still confused. Oh yeah, yeah it's uh, not baseball, Steve. I know it's not the baseball. Home team's not always on the bottom. Uh, so the Riverhounds are going to Charleston Battery. It's got seven o'clock game on Saturday, the twenty third, uh, and then it looks like the Riverhounds still are on the road on the twenty Wednesday, the twenty seventh. Uh, they're going to Louisville. Okay. And then it uh, looks like they come back home Wednesday, the fourth, fourth of July. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carolina FC. So it's like a seven o'clock game, and the fireworks go off at like ten something. No, it's like about like nine forty-five, nine thirty, something like that. I mean, by the time it gets dark on the Fourth of July, it's gonna be at least nine o'clock. Well, no, it's it's nine thirty. Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Go get a ticket. Go get a ticket. Go get a ticket and sit in the stadium. Don't sit on the VIP side where the fireworks are gonna be to your back. Yeah, you know. Yeah, real, real impressive, Mister VIP, with your back to the fireworks. Who's laughing now? But, um, but yeah, like that's. I mean, that's why they did it. You know, Fourth of July. You already got the seat. You're right down there. Like, how many people at the points are gonna wish they had like even like a bleacher to sit on? By like you know, nine o'clock uh, on the Fourth of July. Yeah, and those those uh, those fireworks go a long time. They last long. If you're going on Grandview Avenue, Mount Washington, you might as well get up there like noon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah, you're right. Go to the Riverhounds game. You're gonna spend a couple bucks. You're gonna get a bleach. You're gonna sit on. You're gonna have front row seats for the fireworks. Get some beers. Get some beers. Beers you know? are always, and it's legally allowed to drink beer at the Riverhounds game, where it's not in Point State Park or true. on Grandview Avenue. True. This not, is all true. Not that you get busted unless you're an asshole, but yeah, I mean they could be dicks. They could. Oh, they could. I know. I've heard people getting yelled at for drinking beer in Point State Park. A lot of, a lot of tattletales out and about these days. So. There are. So, more on, an, on a world level, Matt. This uh, is what I've been doing the, with my time. The, the World Cup, if you haven't heard, um, started last week. Um, Matt is super involved in the World Cup. And here's what I know about it. Uh, Mexico beat Germany, and Iceland won their first match. Iceland did not win their first match. Oh, what, they tied? They tied okay. Argentina. That's a win. That's a win. I mean, okay, but here's what happened. Like, Lionel Messi missed a penalty kick. That would have put Argentina in the lead. So I did Iceland see was that very replay. lucky to come away with the point. And there there are a lot of, like, you know, if you're... It seems to me like the people who are really into the story of Iceland want to emphasize the fact that, you know, Iceland is doing so great and they're this scrappy underdog. 
But those of us who, you know, wanted to see Messi win the World Cup and, like, solidify his, you know, prominence as the best player over Cristiano Ronaldo, we didn't have such a good week. <laughs> because, well, first of all, Argentina's only played one match so far. Uh, Portugal has played two as of this morning. Uh, Ronaldo had a hat trick in the first game against Spain. I did see that Ronaldo had a hat trick in the first game, uh, and they were like, "Oh, it's Ronaldo's cup to win," you know, or or they were saying it's Ronaldo's cup to win, but it's also Ronaldo's cup to lose. That's basically saying yeah. he's the like he's like the LeBron James of Portugal. Okay, so if Ronaldo has a bad game, Portugal has a bad game. Um, you know, if Ronaldo has a good game, Portugal has a good game. Now, who's Ronaldo play for? Portugal. Who's he play for regular? Oh, in, in his his club is Real Madrid. Real Madrid, okay. Um, so they just won the Champions League, and then two weeks go by, and they're playing, well, Ronaldo is, you know, with his national team playing a big game against a lot of the same players because, you know, he plays in Spain professionally, so a lot of his, like, Madrid teammates actually play for either Real Madrid and Spain, or, like, Barcelona, which is, like, his big rival. Uh, Messi plays for Barcelona. So it's been a great showcase for just, like, the, the Spanish and Portugal, Portuguese, uh, you know, both the leagues and, like, the national teams right now. Um, I really, I got to watch Spain again. I think it's awesome, and I, the way they schedule some of these games, like, to sort of, like, like get the primetime spot. Like, I know Spanish people stay up, like, late as all hell. So, like... I've seen Spain. Spain has played the like two o'clock game twice already this World Cup, which in which is like ten p.m. in like Spain, and they're fine with it because like that's that's normal for them. Like it's not normal for like a pirate game to start like you know after seven thirty. Oh yeah, unless they're out west. But in Spain, it's like yeah, like you know, let's go, let's go, like yeah, there's let's no go get an Uber down to the stadium at like nine. And try to scalp tickets for a game that's yeah. yeah. There, there's no pirate game starting after after eight thirty unless it's a significant weather delay and they have to get the game in. There's got to be like just enough rain to postpone it, but not quite enough to fully. I mean, it. I mean, the latest I've seen a pirate game start on the East Coast, I think, is like nine oh five. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've covered enough games. Over your career, that you—I mean, if it's a delay longer than two hours, like they—they they, they they typically cancel yeah. it, and you, you can tell because they're like packing up everything and before they make their announcement. But um, you know, they don't cancel World Cup games. At least no, they unless there's lightning. The weather's been good so far. Well, soccer, well, soccer, football, all that lightning's the only thing that's gonna stop mm -hmm. it. Yeah, light, and soccer really—I've seen soccer get played in a torrential mm, downpour. It's kind of fun where you see them like kick the ball, and the ball just goes skimming across, hydro playing across the field mm. with like a rooster tail of water going over it. Yeah, I've seen dudes covered in mud, you know, slide like thirty yards across the field, you know, on trying to do a leg sweep or whatever. I played—I played in a game so muddy. Once, like, when I played travel team, like, okay, do you remember that Beavis and Butthead where they, like, go get their fingerprints and they're just, like, jabbing their fingers in the ink and, like, sm like smashing each other in the face? Like, right. Like, putting ink all over each other's face? Like, we were doing that with mud because we were a bunch of, like, 12-year-olds playing soccer, like, you know, <laughs> watching a bunch of, like, That's awesome. cartoons and getting all kinds of bad ideas from MTV. That's awesome. We turned out fine, though. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. We turned um, out fine. We watched Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. All that growing up. We're good. Yeah. So, yeah, like, big big deal in the World Cup so far. Spain, so and, Por- Spain and Portugal. Uh, England, kind of kind of lucky to get the stoppage time goal to win their game against Tunisia. Um, I had Senegal beating Poland. I got I got a full 50 points for that match on my Pick'em League because I picked the correct scoreline. It was the upset. I, I picked Senegal because they've got Mane, who plays for Liverpool, who would be the best player on Liverpool if they didn't already have uh, Mohamed Salah, who plays for Egypt against... And he made his World Cup debut against Russia yesterday, and it did not go well for him. So, Russia has been a lot better than I've wanted to give them credit for. I guess it's sort of well, the, really the, the, easy for the host nation to qualify. Well, and it's another thing yeah. they're doing where they're they're putting the Russia games at, like, prime time over there, so they get, like, a big, like, sellout crowd that makes plenty of noise, and then everybody's really, you know, like, impressed with, like, Russia and, and, like, the spectacle of their World Cup, which is fair. So, Group A, you have Russia, Uruguay, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Group B is Spain, Portugal, Iran, and Morocco. C is France, Denmark, Australia, Peru. D is Croatia, Argentina, Iceland, and Nigeria. E is Serbia, Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica. F is Sweden, Mexico, Germany, and South Korea. G is Belgium, England, Tunisia, and Panama. H is Japan, Senegal, Poland, and Colombia. And still in um, group play. uh, And then what's this? The top two out of the group move on. Yeah. And they go into... um, It'll be just single elimination. It'll be single elimination. It'll be like quarterfinals mm-hmm. I guess and then or yeah. there's 32 now it'll they'll chop it down to 16 and then they'll and then you know eight then four then two and then the final so once the group stage ends like it it ends pretty fast you know the enjoy the group stages while they last because like you, you get three matches every day um you never know what's gonna happen like I, I tune in and out of some of them um Really enjoyed watching the Brazil game. Um, was it Switzerland that they tied? That was... It's fun to watch Brazil. Like, they, they got just classic uniforms. Um, you know, the yellow top with the blue shorts. You know, green trim on the jersey. Just, I mean, really a treat to get to watch Brazil. Like, there there are no teams that, that play even, like, you know, close to the style of Brazil. Like, Spain tries... Um, but it's, it's pretty amazing to watch Brazil and then to see them tie. Well, and everybody knows Brazil because of Pele. So, well, they've, they've had other players since Pele, but yeah, he was, you know, he was the best. Um, he was, he was certainly the first like global star. Um, you know, there were, there were players before Pele who were famous in like England or famous in Brazil, but Pele was famous, you know, the world over. Um, it's... I don't know. The World the World Cup is so great, folks. Like I, you know, like games end, and I like how they're doing it. There's like an hour in between games, so I'll like watch a game, you know, go make breakfast, like watch another game, like go go do something in the lawn, you know, like go back in watch another game, and it's you know it's it starts at like eight a.m. and it goes till four p.m. every day for a month. Um, so yeah, make you know check out some World Cup. Can't go wrong watching, you know, Brazil, Germany, Belgium, Mexico. They're all they're all still in it, and uh, 
you know, I, I picked Belgium to win it all. I'm rooting for Mexico, even though that, that whole Landon Donovan thing, have you heard about that? Uh, something about he was making comments that were derogatory towards... Well, it started with... <laughs> it started... Mexico. He, okay, Donovan went and played in the Mexican Professional League. So, he was given a contract from Wells Fargo to, like, promote, you know, like, North American unity by encouraging Americans to root for Mexico in the World Cup. I had already come to that conclusion myself. I didn't need Landon Donovan to tell me that. Right, and Landon but Donovan's some... probably the most known U.S. male soccer player. For sure, yeah. In our... Yeah. In our No, he's, he's, the, he's the best all-time of, of, of Americans. I mean, he's got, he's got the most goals in, like, international competition, um, unless Dempsey tied him, but... People don't know Dempsey as well as they know Donovan. Donovan scored the game winner in the Algeria game in the World Cup, which was one of the biggest goals in the history of the U.S. national team. Like, Donovan's a big deal. And, you know, whatever he wants to do for money, like, he's, he might still have a bad taste in his mouth from the last World Cup when they didn't bring him to Brazil. Um, but anyway, he took some money to make some ads that said, like, you know, essentially, like, I'm rooting for Mexico, you should too. And, you know, people called him out for that, and then it, then it, that was when he started, like, you know, he, he gave a rebuttal to some, one of his former American teammates that basically said, like, you know, like, you, you know, you grew up playing with Mexicans, and your grandparents are from Mexico, like, why don't you get in line, and, and the reply was, like, well, we used to be teammates, these guys were our biggest rivals. Pretty much. You know? I don't buy into the rivalry thing as much, I think, because, like, it's not cool to, like, hate other countries just over sports, you know? Like, when we're playing Mexico, I hate Mexico. But if they're in a tournament that, like, we're not even in, like, I have more of, like, a college football mentality. Right, yeah, it's like... Where everyone's, like, chanting SEC because, like, Alabama is about to win another championship and, like, you went to Florida or you went to, like, Vanderbilt, but you believe that, like, it's the best league and this is, like... That is true. So if Mexico wins the World Cup and then, like, we... Beat them in the Gold Cup next See, year. Yeah, I'll that hate, just raises I, our. Profile. I'll hate Mexico if they, if they play the U.S. But you know what? I like enchiladas. I like enchiladas, and I like tacos, <laughs> and I like easily drinkable beers on a hot summer day. Oh man, a, a and I full, like tacos. A fully dressed Dosecki and some tacos. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Man, now I'm hungry for tacos. Uh, we have some good taco places. But also this past weekend, folks, uh, we talked about it last week prior. Uh, while we were uh, recording, and we actually recorded <coughs> after day one of the U.S. Open, or while day one was still going on. Um, so the U.S. Open was at Shinnecock Hills in Long Island, New York, in the South Hamptons. Uh, Bruce Kepka uh, mm. for the second straight year. Last time the uh, he won that, uh, he won two years straight. Last time a back-to-back uh, winner of the U.S. Open was 1988-89 from Curtis Strange. Um, this week, they are in the Travelers Championship in um, uh, Cronwall, Connecticut, at TPC River Highlands course. Um, there's still some big names out there playing this week. Not as many as last week, after the mental breakdown, demise, physical beat up that they taken. Uh, that course was tough. Yeah. Uh, shit. Uh, Dustin Johnson leading after two and a half days. Um, you know. Day three, he puts up a big number. 
um, still leading day three, and, and then just couldn't get back on track. Um, you know, uh, uh, Bruce Kepka won with a score of even par for the tournament, and that's after he shot a 75 mm. on day one. Yeah. Um, but even par is good. For the U.S. Open? You know? Yeah. And, like, the, the, the issue isn't that the course is hard. It's that the way they manage it. The way they manage the course. Based on, based on weather green. forecasts. Um, you wonder if the player, like, everyone, like, we sit at home and say, like, oh, how can they complain? Oh, the course is too hard. Like, don't you know that it's the same, you know, everybody's playing the same course? And that's just not the case because, like, Morning when, tea times when you and have afternoon a morning, day times. When, when you've got tea times starting at like 7 a.m. and going all the way till like 2.30. Yes. Like there's no way that everybody who comes through there on a given day is going to play the exact same conditions because like the wind picks up and fades at different po points of the day. You know, you're 60 miles out in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it rains. You know, they're, they're trying to like keep the greens at a, like a certain moistness so that they can manage the speed. Um, and I just wonder about, like, when I when I turned on my TV on Sunday to see that Tommy Fleetwood was in second place and already in the clubhouse at, like, three or whatever, I was like, holy crap, like, he must have shot a really good round, you know? <laughs> and he shot a 63 on Sunday. And I just wonder, like, is and it... That was, that's a U.S. Open tied for, for a, exactly. rec a record round tied. Johnny Miller-Oakmont. Everyone knows that. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Miller-Oakmont was a 63. So so for Fleetwood to shoot a 63 on a course that has been, like, very erratic in terms of playability over the weekend, like, you have to wonder, like, would he have had as favorable a shot at making that score if he had started at a different time of day even? You know, like, if he had gone out later when there might have been more wind or the greens might have been drier and faster, I mean, we, we all know about, you know, how the fast greens, you know, broke Phil Mickelson this weekend. Oh, well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, people were up in arms. I'm glad you brought Phil And I'm not hating on Tommy Fleetwood. I'm sure he's a lovely no. man. But, like, when you card a 63 yeah. and, like... Uh, Fowler carded like an 82 or a 75 or something. Like some he, ridiculous oh, Fowler like, carded an 85. 85. Okay, so an that's 85. like... So that is like a full 22-point swing. Yes. Between like the best Sunday round and the worst. the worst round of one of the top five golfers in the world right now. Right. And here's the thing about Mickelson. If he were like all up in arms, that's, you know, you know, because here's the thing. Mickelson's getting yelled at because he's portrayed as one of the good guys. That he plays the game right, does things the right way. And when he walks up and he runs over and sees his ball roll and he just hits it back up to the top of the hill mm. while the ball is moving, it's a two-stroke penalty. Now, the response was, the ball would have rolled down in to in between two traps and the thick grass with a short landing area, and it would have probably been three or four strokes for him to get it back in the hole. So he hits the ball. That's one stroke. He takes a two-stroke penalty and puts it in. That's his fourth stroke. He was just saving time. Mm. <laughs> okay. You I, know, I really... I've gone back and forth on this. Um, when I first found out he about He used it, the rule to his advantage this time. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think you're supposed to use rules to your advantage. Well... Like, that's like... That's like playing the angle, if you will. Or, like, you know, like, play, playing the rebound or... 
playing the ball when it's still rolling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, you know, I, I get that, like, you're frustrated and maybe you want to, like, prove a point and you're, you're, you're you know, it's not cheating, okay? Because, like, to cheat is to say, like, I'm not going to take a penalty strike for this and try to get away with it. He wasn't trying to get away with anything. No, he like, wasn't trying to get away with it at all. There's a rule that if you do what you do, it's a two-stroke penalty. And he knew that he was going to get at least a 10 on that hole anyway so, if he had to, like, chip back onto the green from, yeah. like, so behind that little ridge. So he took a two-stroke penalty and took an eight. So, right. And, like, I take 10s all the time when I play golf and eights, you know, and it's not a big deal. And I'm not trying to get around the rules. I'm just trying to like speed up play. And I know I'm not going to like win anything. And I think Phil at this point was just trying to like finish the round and like, you know, give, give the people what they want. It also to see Phil Mickelson hit golf balls. And honestly, it, well it could be that he was frustrated and was trying to prove a point to the USGA that said, Hey guys, this course is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, okay. And if anyone can afford to get like kicked out of a tournament, that's Phil now and then, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the I mean, SEC can't even touch that guy. <laughs> that's funny. Not that they do much of anything to people, uh, but I, you know, and that's, that, and that's not the Southeastern Conference either. No, we're not talking about that. Um, but but Phil Mickelson, I mean, okay. So I I pointed out before in the previous podcast. I'll point out again. Hole number seven's a par three, and it's a 68-yard wide by 38-yard deep green. Mm -hmm. And there was 11 square yards that the ball would stick on. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's your course. And they cut the greens in a certain way that that 11 square yards. Now, I get, get it probably this week. It'd probably be playing different for membership. Mm-hmm. And if we were lucky enough to go play on that course, it would probably play different for us. Yeah. Um, where we'd probably have maybe 20 square yards. But, Ooh. <laughs> you know. Thank you so much. You know, I, and I was talking to a guy at work at the bar. And, you know, I'm sitting there bullshitting with him. And he's like, you know, he goes, and we talk about golf. And he plays a lot. I play a lot. And, he, he goes, and we figured out that we could probably play together and be somewhat competitive. Um we figured we'd probably both shoot 120 on that course and lose three balls. At least. I mean, I lose two balls playing Hickory Heights. Yeah. In Bridgeville. Yeah, I wouldn't even... <laughs> you know... I've never played Hickory. Um, we need to go play Hickory. We played South Park last we week. We played South Park. It's a if very you, forgiving course if for you someone lose a who ball hits on, the ball to the right. Yeah, if you if you fade the ball or, or pull to the right, you're good. If you're a hooker... You're uh, gonna be out of bounds. Yeah, um, definitely. I think every hole on that has an OB to the left. <laughs> I think just every, the, just one of those little quirks. You I know? think every hole in South Park is an OB to the left, except for two, mm. and that's because they butt up <laughs> against their par threes in between other longer holes. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So anyway. Lots, lots of fun golf opinions that didn't have anything to do with who the leaders were, just thanks to Phil Mickelson. Um, I don't think anything was really solved, you know? I think people are just going to complain about it. I think everything is more scrutinized in golf now, and, like, that's going to be, like, a gif for the rest of our lives. Of, like, Phil Mickelson, like, hot-stepping it over the green to, like, try to, like, fix his mistake. We've all been there. Dude. We've all been there. We've all been there. And since we're all going to be there, we're all going to be there again later this summer, later this week. 
keep your eye this week again to PGA Tours in Cronwell, Connecticut, TPC uh, River Highlands. Uh, it is the Traveler Championship. Like I said, there's going to be some big names in that tournament, but not as many as there were the previous week in the U.S. Open. Also, Matt, World Cup still going on this week. Mm -hmm. uh, you have that. Uh, lots of matches to be seen and watched. I believe Fox Sports 1 and Fox is yeah. the main coverage of the mm -hmm. World Cup. Yeah, I don't uh, know why I don't just put it all on Fox like in the morning. What are they showing? Like, yeah. Marty? You know what I mean? Hey, sometimes I like my Jerry Springer. Well, right? then watch Jerry Springer. Uh, <laughs> you, know, they, you get CW, don't you? I do. Those shows are on multiple channels. But uh, no worries, folks. We're going to go ahead, take a break right now, and here's some message from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we're back. Um, we are uh, getting reports coming in on the Facebook and the Twitter of a whole bunch of rainstorms going on uh, here in the South Hills. We talked about that previously. Start up again. They pretty much shut down every road from South Hills to town. Yeah, and yeah we it, might, uh, this might be a pod marathon, folks. <laughs> we'll just talk sports for like hours upon hours and, and your unfortunate girlfriend is stuck in town right now. Well, I'm sure uh, she's not alone. I'm sure she's not alone yeah, either. I'm if sure the trolleys aren't running. The trolleys aren't running. At least, at least it's not raining in the station. True. One would assume. Yes. A man's making this face like it's raining in the station. <laughs> Is it? There's, yeah, because like, what? There's water yeah. filling up in Wood I mean, Street right now. There's showing most of the trolley stops down uh, downtown and in Bethel Park and stuff underwater. So uh, hopefully uh, Wood Street isn't flooded. Yeah. Mm. Well, be safe out there, folks. So. Be safe out there, folks. And Matt and I are recording high and dry here in the hilltops of Mount Lebanon. We are high. We're and in dry. the bubble. We're in the bubble. We're in the bubble. It We're doesn't in the bubble even rain here. It, it doesn't, doesn't rain, rain in Mount Lebanon. It's yeah. sunshine and roses. Um, totally. But uh, so speaking of sunshine and roses, which um, are not painted very well this week, um, Rod Woodson, who, um, if you've lived underneath a tree in Pittsburgh. Um, and didn't open your eyes for anything uh, in the last 35 years. Um, he was a hell of a fucking player for the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Um, hell, of a, hell of a cornerback. Um, most notably known with the Steelers to have his knee broken week one mm -hmm. uh, in 1995. Told Cower, um, said, hey, hold my spot, I'll be back and came back and played in the Super Bowl and defended Deion Sanders as a wideout. Yeah. Because uh, Deion Sanders also played wideout as well as um, defensive back um, sure, for the yeah. Cowboys. Um, oh, Woodson was great. He was he was a good uh, special teams player, too. Great special teams you know, player. He, I mean, he, he, could, he could... He could definitely, you know, break any time you know, without the ball. You know, he, he, uh, he, he left Pittsburgh... Um, Due to, like most guys do, because of contract negotiations, and Pittsburgh has a knack of feeling out when guys are done. But he was uh, one he, of, he still had more in the tank. He did. Like he's He went to Oakland. Rare, he's one of the rare players who, like... He went to Oakland. Excelled had, after excelled Excelled in Oakland. I think on the down... He won a Super Bowl in 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens. A little upset about that. But you know what? He got a Super Bowl ring. Good for him. He deserved it. But I think that was on the on the ultimate downside of his career because he didn't play. I think he played two thousand one. That was it. 
um, here nor there. Rod Woodson spoke out this week, um, saying that there's a lack of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, um, stating that Ryan Shazier was going to be that guy and has been that guy. Um, T.J. Watt is still in question, um, uh, and um, because he's it's his second year player, sophomore season for T.J. Watt, he did have a hell of a rookie season as a um, linebacker being moved to linebacker in the NFL prior to playing defensive end one year in college. And prior to that year in college, a senior in college playing defensive end, he is a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means he has some hands. Yeah. Um, which we've seen. We've seen T.J. Watt make some interceptions. Uh, but also questioning saying that since Troy, there hasn't been a big-time playmaker. He's looking for Cam Hayward to step up, uh, barring any injury. Also, Bud Dupree to get in. Uh, to get in there and to be like the number one draft pick he was and step onto it to stay healthy. That's his picks as long as they can stay healthy and to get into the game. Uh, we all know that Shazier will not be playing this season in Pittsburgh. Mm. Or he won't be playing this season anywhere. Um, but uh, Shazier is out due to his injury at the uh, towards the end of last season. Yeah. Um, Troy Polamalu, of course, you cannot take any away from that guy. That guy was a total playmaker. Was in the right place at the right time. Made plays, played the game physical. Uh, he reminded me of a guy in the seventies and eighties, just flying around the field. Mm. Um, Rod Woodson, you know, you cannot take anything away from him as a player, and now as a part part time analyst, um, you, you can't, you know, ride the home team, uh, so to speak. See. It's just like that Ryan Clark thing where, like, everyone hates him now because he, like, gives his opinions. No, I love Ryan Clark, and he gives his opinions. And okay, but great. some people can't handle it. Like, some people get so mad when anyone says anything wrong or bad about the Steelers. And, like, if it's, like, someone who's, like, one of our own, like, they should know better. Like, that's very disloyal, you know? And, like, I, I don't have time for that. Like, Rod Wilson I, I don't has have been time gone for from either. here for 20 years, and yeah. he's doing his analyst job right now. And he's right. Like, they don't have playmakers. Um, in my opinion, I would rather see them get back to being, like, a sack-oriented defense because that means that all the personnel that they've put in is finally clicking. Yes. Like, they have not really gone to great lengths to improve their secondary in recent years. Uh, I think the last two years they have, but they're still young they guys. They haven't gone for like a big splash. They haven't gone for a big splash guy. And the Steelers aren't big splash people. They but are, you use they... a high pick on a defensive player, nine times out of the ten that the Steelers do that, it's going to be a linebacker. A linebacker. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 get it from Dupree. Like, let's get it from Hayward and to it. Yes. And TJ T- Watt. TJ Watt, like they I are think... Not, they are not doing enough. They, they cannot sit back and expect I, I one think, of these secondary guys to I become think, a ball hawk. I think TJ TJ Watt, with the way he played last year as a rookie, knowing coming into the season, knowing Shazier's out, knowing you have a, a, a void to fill, um, with his athletic ability, uh, with having some hands, because he was a tight end for three years of college before getting moved to defensive end, um, I believe TJ Watt is uh, looking, if not this season being a breakout year, next season being a breakout year. But I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna have a, a very good and high numbers this year with tackles, with interceptions, with forced fumbles. Um, you know, 
uh, for a second-year player. I'm not going to say he's going to have 20 interceptions, 10 forced fumbles, and 180 tackles. But I can see him coming out with, we'll call it five interceptions. Mm. And I'll probably even give him five forced fumbles. Five interceptions for TJ Watt? Yeah. For a 16-game season? Yeah. You know, there's one game he can have two or three. Yeah. I mean, come on. We play the Browns twice. He doesn't play a position that historically gets a lot of interceptions. No, I mean, he he plays an outside linebacker. And that's just, you know. I mean, they they do go into coverage, but generally the Steelers use the outside linebackers to rush the passer. They do. Which is why I'm saying, like, for breakout defense, like, they need to get at the quarterback more. Well, we they still... don't. They don't have the personnel to become like a fly trap kind of like ball hawking sort of like sub package heavy secondary. Like yeah. the strength of the Steelers has always been the pass rush, and it's not as good as it's been. No, it's not. And they need it's, they need to get back to that. It's not the days of. And having... I'm, not, I'm not just saying it's like, oh, of... we need old school Stiller football. Like I'm looking at well, the no. personnel. Well, keep on who best look bet who Rod Woodson played with. Look who Rod Woodson played with. Greg, Greg Lloyd, Lloyd, Chad Brown, Kevin Green. Kevin Green. Yeah. Right there. Didn't uh didn't Chad Brown just come back to Pittsburgh? What? Yeah. I know it's gonna seem like three years ago, but it's probably like the last was it the last year Cower was around or was it the first or second year Tomlin was around? Chad Brown was still hanging around. Was he? And they brought him back for like a half a year or a couple games at least or something. Ain't he the guy who went to Seattle Yes, they had better sushi? Yes. Yeah, well, look who's sushi now, man. We got Nakama. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and we got Nakama. We got... You can get sushi at Coons. <laughs> they say it's made on site by a real sushi chef. I mean, like, I mean, there's some really I, good... I don't There's know some where. really good sushi places out there. There are, but, man, but also like Giant Eagle sushi isn't terrible. Ah, oh, cool. That's so good. I'm so that's glad good the to hear. Are running, right? We just saw Matt's phone light. And up. That means I, I I get to drive home through Dormont. Right, Matt gets to drive like, home through a flood. That's like a high elevation. So Jul- Jul- Matt's girlfriend got on, was able to get out of work, out of, out of town on a bus because the trolley stopped. The trolleys are closed down. Because I guess the thing is, when when the ground is completely saturated with rainwater from like the well, rainiest well, summer. Well, no, no, no. The trolley tracks are flooded by water. What's what I'm saying? <laughs> like the ground is so saturated, man. You should see my basement right now. Oh, uh, sure. Like it's the worst. It's the worst it's been. I don't even want to go in my basement right now. Yeah. But Apparently the beer distributor has has a water problem too. <laughs> and Amanda's sitting here going editing the podcast, and she goes, "Oh God, we have beer and wine down there." I said, "I have a computer down there." But the beer and the wine, the beer and the wine are selfish. I know, right? Jesus, grapes died for you, and all you care about <laughs> is, is your a laptop. No, it's not a laptop. It's a it's a fifteen year old Mac. It's a fifteen year old Tower Apple. So. Okay, so it could be a laptop <laughs> if it's not too hot out. You know, you know. Oh, man. Anyway, priorities. Like anyway, your, your wine is maybe a little damp, but like the beer, the at Banksville beer that Steve was worried about earlier, like that's they worse. can't sell it but if the can, cases get wet. But they can, but they can still drink it. They can give it away. Yeah. So ah, uh, free beer at Banksville free tomorrow. Free beer at Banksville. Ah. Uh, Tell, We're going to have to tweet them and find out, hey, sorry for your loss, but can that be our game? Yeah. It's not going to work. I'm sure they have contingencies. I'm sure they do. 
Um, but I know. No. I, I can name ten people. If I ever came into the possession of like a store worth of useless beer, like I have a list of people that I would call immediately. You oh. would be at the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would think about three more people that would be at the top, and they all hang out at the same place we like to go to. Um, but also, uh, yeah, so also with the Steelers, check this out. I don't know if you heard these reports, Matt. Um, Martavis Bryant. Um, we, he was traded uh, during the draft for a third-round pick, which we drafted um, quarterback out of uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember his name. Uh, it's not it, because I'm trying to shade him like Roethlisberger. Rudolph. Rudolph. Mason, Ru- Ma- no. Ma- Mason Rudolph? Ma- Is that right? Mason Rudolph? Mason. So that's the guy's name. There's definitely a person named Mason Rudolph. I believe it is him. I think he's the Steelers' backup quarterback. Right? And he's drafted, right? So that that shows how much we actually pay attention. But we're not, it's not our job to pay attention to him. <laughs> exactly. It's our job to pay attention to Ben. But, so. And it's Ben's job to pay attention to Mason Rudolph. Correct. So, Brian apparently is facing a possible suspension. That's what I heard. Um, due to moving, mistesting, and programs that were set in place for him uh, based here in Pittsburgh. So, he gets traded to Oakland. Now, of course, he's going to fight it. Chances are he's probably going to win this one. I hope so. He's probably going to win this That's one. bullshit, um, man. Because he got traded to Oakland. And so he got traded to Oakland. He's like, fuck, I'm traded. So he gathers up his shit and goes to figure out his next moves. Though his programs and stuff were based here in Pittsburgh and his support system and everything uh, for his... Uh, you trying to tell me they don't have drug tests in California? Well, but apparently like, he missed one in travel time. And also he missed a... Um, he, he, he missed one with a program or two that he was supposed to be in due to him being traded and mo- going to Oakland, and Oakland didn't have that set up for him prior to him getting there. Okay, but like... I think he's going to win this one. I hope so. I didn't I, I hope didn't he does for him. When I, when I heard he was in trouble for smoking pot again, I just No, kinda, it wasn't for smoking pot. He didn't... He just he, missed the test. He didn't... He didn't... Oh, okay. You know, it, it's, it, it's during his whole... Right. Getting out of Pittsburgh, hey, thanks for your service. We traded you. Goodbye. Clean out your shit and get out. And then Oakland being like, hey, we got you here. Be here this day. What are the odds that you're going to be like, oh, no, like, I have a drug test tomorrow, but I smoked weed exactly 27 days ago. Exactly. I need to skip my drug test for 24 hours right. so I can be clean. Dude, I, I mean, like, it's, it's asinine. I've it's just the NFL to, being, like, overly paternalistic. I've talked to NFL players. Yeah. Over the years, take care of him, service, bartender, And you're like, don't all that. drink that drink that no. I just served you. Put it down and no, go no, smoke no, yourself no. a big old No, I'm like, drink all you want. You. But I've talked to him and been like, dude, they're like, I've been on vacation in the Bahamas, and I've gotten a knock on the hotel room door. Hey, how's it going? So exactly. and so from the NFL, pee in the cup. They can find you. Pee in the cup. You remember, know. remember that at ESPN? Or they, or, or they call you and be like, hey, where are you? Uh, I'm in Costa Rica right now with so and so and so and so. All right, well, we're gonna send two guys down tomorrow at the airport. Be there to piss in a cup. You Remember know. ESPN Playmakers? Oh it yeah, got canceled because the NFL complained that it was like too realistic when it came to like the asinine NFL drug rules. Well, how about 
uh, now on HBO with The Rock. Yeah. Ballers. Ballers. Is... I, let, I, let, I, let, I let us watch an episode of Ballers once Dude, after Game of Thrones. Ballers is a fucking awesome show. It's a great show. God, it got, it got hey, the veto for, for my house. But... Former Steeler Richard Mendenhall is oh, a good. writer for that. Is he really? He's the main writer. Really? Yeah. He was a... Co- he was a uh, uh, is there like a, a 9-11 conspiracy he, he was an assistant writer uh, the first season, and the second and third season he is the writer. For that, the whole first, the whole first episode in the first season, with uh, the guy, the wide receiver Ricky Jarrett getting stuck in the club, mm. uh, in the in the ho- in the bathroom in the club with the mm. chick. Mm. <laughs> he wrote that. He wrote Gee, that. What does there. that sound like? Yeah, right. Who do we know? Yeah, that's why men in, and then also about the rookie dinner mm. and everything, and then the the number one draft pick uh, getting you know they all had got to dinner with the whole team, and then number one draft pick getting stuck with the bill. Mm. That was based on him, you know, going out as the number one draft pick of the year and, you know, go out to dinner and the whole team sticking him with the bill. Um, so, yeah, uh, great show. If you haven't watched it, I suggest you do. So, also, we're going to move That's on. That's the one, the... isn't Rob Cordry on that show? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I did watch an he's, episode He's that. hilarious. Yeah. Um, moving on out of football, we'll get into some hockey. Um, yeah. Hockey. So the Caps, they get to raise the banner without trolling the pens this year. Uh, yeah. They opened up against the Bruins October 3rd. Everybody was thinking that the Pens were going to be in D.C. to watch the Caps raise the banner uh, for the Stanley Cup banner in D.C. Since the last two seasons, the Caps were in Pittsburgh for the home opener watching the Pens raise the banner. Well, that's good. Though. Um, we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, we don't have to deal with that bullshit. But yeah. they were also saying that the Caps could potentially... Um, move, move the banner raising until the pens come into town. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. It's you know, uh, they don't even have like a senator or like congressperson in that in that town. So you literally do whatever the fuck you want. It's like the wild west, <laughs> when, especially when it comes to banners. But like, I can't believe that that's your lead on the Capitals. Barry Trotz resigned. Barry Trotz did. Re- you know what? He okay. He resigned from the position of the head coach of Washington Capitals. Now, I look at it this way. He didn't retire. He resigned. The Caps weren't... He's looking for more money. The Caps weren't going to give him. His years were up. His contract was up. Unless the Caps come through and be like, hey, we're going to throw this much money at you. Because, you know, coaches' salaries don't count on the salary cap. Right. So... But also, there's not a coach in NHL that's making ridiculous money. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Babcock. Yeah. I think he's the only one. Yeah, it's, um, it's you know, my, my whole thing about the trots that I find fascinating, did you see the clip of him after the Columbus series when he's shaking hands with Tortorella? And you <laughs> can read his lips. Like, I'm not, like, a great re- lip reader, but, like, you can read his lips, and it appears that he's saying, like, like I'm done, I'm done, I'm not coming back. And at the time, I didn't really want to, like, make a big deal about it because I was like, well, you know, he's just saying that he doesn't think that he can beat the Penguins, but if we start gloating about that, then that'll, like, you know, give give Washington some, like, bulletin board material and they'll go out there and beat the Penguins. But you that know, really had nothing to do know, with it. Like, they like... beat us, they played really well, and they beat the other two teams that they had to face, and they won the Cup. And I'm really not surprised that Barry Trotz isn't coming back. You know, and I think he was playing with house money after he beat the Penguins, 
Pretty much. And, and he's just like, you know, like, yes. I, could, I could ask for the moon from these people. I know I'm not going to get it. So why don't I just, like, go take a year off and then see what opens up? Yeah. I mean, I guess I, who's to say that Carolina doesn't come offer him a shit ton of money? Or the Cats come back and be like, hey, you want us to cup last year. We want you to come back. You got a shot to do it again. Because what's, what's he done in his career? He's taken an expansion team and turned them into like a respectable hockey franchise in a market that's not really a traditional hockey market. Correct. And then he took a team that's been like a perennial choker, but had the talent in place to go all the way, and he got them over the hump. Correct. So you could you could hire him if you're like the GM of the worst team looking to rebuild. And you be confident, okay. or you could hire him. Say, you're, say, of, say the Sharks want a new coach. Speaking of GM. They've been close forever. Speaking of GM, he could go into front office space. He could. Now. He could. He could easily go into front office space right now. Speaking of front office he space. Could even, he could even end up in Pittsburgh, the way NHL coaching works. Oh, God. I mean, but don't put it past them, because they, you know. Speaking of front office space, there was a lot of awards handed out tonight, the NHL Awards. We were watching them before we went on Yeah, they air. did a card trick for you. They did a lot of card tricks. They threw some knives and some goalie equipment. That's why, that's the um, best part about hockey going to Vegas right there. As much magicians. fun as I enjoyed, as much fun as I enjoyed the Golden Knights, like, medieval times intro. Like, the fact that I saw a guy throw a dagger at a hockey... At a waffle. At a waffle board. Yep. Okay. And he pinned the Queen of Spades to the waffle board with his little knife. And apparently that was the right card. So I don't care. Like just any card is impressive. Matthew uh, Barzil wins the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year uh, for the Islanders. Ugh, um, He's a good player. PK Subban named NHL 19 cover athlete. Oh, they announced that at the they did show now. They did. Um, oh, Anzeus Kopitar wins the Selkie Trophy for best defensive forward. Uh, Gerald Gallant wins Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year for the Golden Knights. I guess that's deserved. That is deserved. Derek England uh, wins Mark Messier Award for Outstanding Community Leadership, also with the Golden Knights. Uh, Pekka Rene wins the Vesnet Trophy for League's Best Goaltender. Uh, the Brewers Pirates has been postponed due to heavy rain. <laughs> that's not a hockey game. Hey! <laughs> hey! 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 Yeah, it's, it, it was next to my ESPN feed. Uh, Taylor Hall. To... <laughs> Taylor Hall becomes the first player in the Devils' history to win the Hart Trophy, which is the most valuable player award. Which at some point in time we thought, um, you know, Malkin, Malkin was a candidate. Malkin early. was a candidate early. Um, I mean, no Penguins made any candidacy. Yeah, or any awards tonight. Nobody cares. Um, we're, also, we're not. We're not like like our egos are fine. We don't. We don't need to be puffed up with your. Individual awards. Also, we're the, the, we're the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we're Stanley Cup contenders. Well, right the now. Golden Knights GM won GM of the Year. Um, as well, I can't remember the name of that award, but um, both previously Penguins Ray Shiro and Jim Rutherford have won that award as well for GM of the Year. Who won the Lady Bing? Uh, I saw that, but it's not listed in my feed right now. Ah, the Lady Bing, the. Uh, most sportsmanlike. Most sportsmanlike. It was. Oh wait, it was. Um. Oh. Um. Carlson, Knights. Oh okay. Carlson for the Knights. Wow. Not, not Ottawa Carlson, huh? No. Best teammate award. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Carlson for the Knights. He he won that. He won the Lady Bing. Did you hear um, about this this Ottawa and thing? The suit that he was wearing was sick tonight. By the way. Did you hear about this Ottawa thing with 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 uh, Carlson? 
Carlson's wife being like cyber bullied and getting a restraining oh, order against gosh. Mike Hoffman's fiance. Uh. How many times I gotta tell you people? Never mess with a woman named Monica Carrick. <laughs> Monica? Monica and Carrick. Carrick. It means she guarantee knows how to box. Oh god. Guarantee knows how to box. Uh. Probably has a nine. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Is she from Carrick, too? No, it's just her name. Her um, last name. It's spelled differently, but... It's spelled with, like, a Y. But I can, I can see through that, you know? Well, also in hockey news... Um, penguins. So, apparently, they're trying to obtain Max Domi. Yeah, I heard about that. From the Coyotes. Um, Max Domi, of course, is the son of Ty Domi. Right. Um, who, Ty Domi, is really good friends with Mary Lemieux. Mm. Ty Dummy played with the Penguins for a hot minute. A hot minute. Like, um, barely, barely, you whipped <laughs> that on me a couple weeks ago. I was like, what? Yeah. That uh, happened? Yeah, and then, um, you know, uh, so Kessel uh, is interested in being reunited with Tockett, and they were talking about a trade, potentially with Kessel, because Kessel, of course, the trade talk's going on all over. Kessel has about a 10-team window who he's looking to go to, and I believe that one of those 10 teams is the Coyotes. Uh, he's well, Phil loves golf, okay? So well, Phil loves golf. Arizona's a great where, golf town. Rick Tockett loves golf. Where would you rather play hockey in the winter? True. You know, in Pittsburgh where you can't golf on your days off? Or in Arizona, or in Arizona you can golf every day of the year. He's also, you know, uh, being reunited with, with, with Tockett. And him and Tockett got along the two years that they were together here in Pittsburgh. Um, but apparently the Coyotes are strapped on the cap hit and um, Kessel's $6.8 million a year salary, even though the Leafs are picking up 1.2 of it. Um, sources also say that Penguins have offered up Rust, Sheary, and Simone um, due to the cap hit to acquire um, Domi. Someone will need to be traded. And there needs to be money freed up to acquire Domi. So is which, Domi, like, I mean, is he worth it? He's young. Uh, does he is he does he score goals or does he, he score just goals? Fight? No, no, that, that's his dad. I know, but I'm just saying. Nah, he's know, a goal scorer. He's a goal. He's a goal scorer. He is also a winger. He's okay. not a defenseman. Wow, that's good. Um, I just get tired so, of every year the Penguins bring in some guy who's supposed to like give them grit and toughness and like enforcer qualities, and then they. Don't do that, and then they get rid of them in time for the playoffs when you need more skill. Like if you're gonna add a piece, just add some skill, you know. Correct. And let let Malkin do all the fighting. Like he takes enough dumb penalties. Like let Malkin be your enforcer. Pretty much. I mean, Malkin's not a bad enforcer. Let you Stella know. be the enforcer. Stella could be the enforcer right now. I mean, she's tearing the shit out of that ball on this floor right now. <laughs> um, but no, I I mean, you know, what? I mean. You know, Max Domi, I, I've seen him play. I've seen some of his games. The kid's good. Um, he does a lot more than his dad used to. Okay. Um, you know, he scores goals. He's a, he's a team player. Um, you know, does it help that his dad and Lemieux are, like, pretty good friends? Yeah. Probably. It's all going to come down to the money side of it. And the Coyotes already said, we can't take on Kessel's contract. So. Yeah. There, there, there it says right there, Kessel can't go. But like they said... Maybe they could take Kessel, go bankrupt, and then move to, like, not Arizona. Um, Hartford? Quebec? Yeah. 
You People have been trying to get the Coyotes out of the desert since uh, they got there. Dude, I think the NHL owned the team for a minute. Yeah, they did. <laughs> there, so, at one point, there was like the Barry Goldwater Institute was like lobbying for them to not get any money for a new arena. And they got it, you know. Or they got like improvements to their arena. I mean, point is, that's that's a tough that's a tough sell at that franchise. But if you want to go play golf, and also be a hockey player at the same time, like the Coyotes might be for you. You know, and don't forget you got the uh, stadium course down there. Yeah, <laughs> the stadium course. You got... All sixteen of the stadium course. The waste management open. You got good skiing around the Flagstaff area. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. mountains in Arizona. A lot of people forget there's mountains and snow in Arizona. Yeah, that's true. But, all right, folks, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and finish this up with pretty much all baseball. And uh, we're going to go from there. Uh, you have a few moments to listen to some things that our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview, those of us uh, that like Sorgatron Media Studios, they produce our podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you're interested in having a podcast uh, or anything that they can do for you, um, get a hold of those folks. Great people to work with, Michael and Missy Sorg. We'll be back in just a few moments, and we're going to wrap this up with all baseball. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we're back for our final segment here at Bold Sports. So, Matt, you went to the Pirate Game on Saturday. I did. How'd that turn out for you? It was pretty great. Um, the Hawaiian shirts. You got a Hawaiian shirt? I got a Hawaiian shirt. The um, the stitching is about what you'd expect from a free shirt. Um, but, yeah, you know, like, I, I got a small. It's a little snug. But you know what? If you're buttoning all the buttons on your Hawaiian shirt, then you're not wearing you're a Hawaiian not shirt wearing right. It right. <laughs> and especially when it's like 90, 90 degrees and you're in the bleachers. So, you know, we got a little sun. We, did you, did we, you have some? Did you have some of the chest hairs hanging out? Oh, but of course. You didn't see the pictures? No, I didn't. Oh, it's on social media. I have to look. Yeah. So yeah, we you know we you know watched the game. We tried to stay in the shade a little bit. The nice thing is under the bleachers, they got that like common area. Where there's a couple tables and some benches and stuff, so we went back there. Mostly stayed out of the sun until like the seventh inning. Um, a home, the Reds' home run landed like a section over from us. All the Pirates' home runs were into like center and right field. Um, but it was it was a fun game. The ball was flying out. Um, it was a fast game. A lot of a lot of like flyouts. Not a lot of strikeouts. Um, you know, it was never really in doubt. Like, the Pirates were, you know, they... Okay, so they scratched across one run in the first, but then they left runners on first and third, and, you know... Uh, Cincinnati came back next half inning and tied it up, and you're thinking, like, oh, great, like, typical, you know, could have had a, an awesome, like, break the game open in the first inning, and then they didn't. Um, but, you know, they, they just kept swinging their bats, like I said, um, you know, Meadows... Had a double off the wall. Um, Meadows had a really good throw to third base to prevent a runner from advancing. The runner chose not to test him. Uh, he would have been dead to rights if he had. And, you know, he, like, you know, these people who go to Pirates games, okay, like, the team's not good. 
usually. Not usually. But the fans are knowledgeable. And, like, the, the appreciation that they showed Meadows for that throw. I mean, even though he didn't, like, make it out. You know, like, there there was, like, a, an audible round of applause just for that throw. That's, so, that's, like, that's the great. people in Pittsburgh, they, they, they care about their Pirates. They might feel, like, hurt by them sometimes. They might be disappointed in them. They might hate the ownership group. Um, they might even have questions about the manager and how he makes his lineups. Um, well, yeah. But because... that's just because they're knowledgeable baseball fans, and they keep coming back because they love the game. Well, because Polanco shows signs of promise. Uh, he'll have, like, uh, a 3-for-4 game or a 4-for-4 four four game. Uh, but then he has two or three games in a row where he's like, meh. Yeah, he's been um, bad. You know, so... Yeah, they so wasted Meadows' he, he lays, They wasted... Yeah, Meadows was on hot streak, and Marte comes back, and then they put Meadows back on a bench, where at that point, they should have put Polanco on a bench, put Meadows in right. Come on, you're an outfielder. Though you might be a center fielder by trade, you can play right, you can play left. So you shag some more fly balls in the outfield in practice or the day before or hey hey the game's over Marte's coming back tomorrow let me go shag some balls underneath these lights in right field and see what happens mm. um, that's what you do as a professional you're a professional ball player you're supposed to be able to play wherever they plug you in um all these guys growing up i'm sure where they're stud pitchers in little league and they're stud shortstops and they're stud second basemen and pitchers in uh you know uh, high school and everything, and it's not until you get to high school is where you start specializing in your position uh, and then moving on to college and so forth. Um, but you should be able to be just, you know, short of being a pitcher or even a catcher, you should be able to be plugged into any of the other seven positions on the field and be able to perform yeah. at a above-par level. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with outfield. If you're like I said, traditionally a center fielder, and you get put in right, you should be able to play that position. Um, same thing if you would move Marte. Marte started on left because McCutcheon was in center. You know? Um, yeah, it's not about the defense, man. Like, I'm I'm worried about the offense. The offense is... Like, they're, they're wasting... You know, Cervelli got robbed pretty good this week. Yeah. It was a stellar play. Stellar play, diving catch on the, on the warning track, you know, where he caught that ball three inches before it hit the ground. And, yeah. you know, and, and Cervelli rounds first base and looks at him and like, damn. And then he's like, you got me. Like, yeah. it's, it's Cervelli. I mean, he, he, you know, he can get upset at the situation, but he can't get mad at, he just made a good play. That's all it is. Or as a baseball fan, we can sit there and be like, son of a bitch, he just robbed Cervelli. But what a hell of a play that was. I mean, as a baseball fan, you, you you look at that and, I mean, I watch games that have no meaning to me whatsoever. I watch a, you know, a Dodgers-Mariners game. Oh, yeah. And and you no, see I love, some of, I love the late games. So and like, you yeah. see some of those games and you see some of those plays and some of those home runs. You're like, Jesus Christ, look at that. It's a hell of a game going on. Uh, but no, the Pirates um, tonight did get rained out, of course, because we've talked about... It, how bad it is everywhere in town right now. It, 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 <laughs> like, there's no, there's, like, it, it's, it would have been a little rude, honestly, to play a baseball oh, yeah. game. Really it. rude. Uh, but they did have a 1-0 win Monday uh, against the Reds. They did take a 3-2 loss uh, last night. 
Um, the highlight. No, Milwaukee. They're playing Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Sorry, Milwaukee. Right. Uh, they so, lost yeah. on Sunday to the Reds. They lost on Sunday. They, they won on Saturday to Reds. They lost on Sunday to Reds. They, they, they beat the Reds in a series. They beat the Reds. I believe I called it here on this very oh, podcast last week. So they won a series. I said, I said, it's time to win a series, and the Reds are ripe for the picking. I believe you did call that. I did. I and did. You are, and you were correct, sir, because you know what? So the Pirates did lose eight series in a row, but rebounded by winning a series against the Reds, who are the worst team in Major League Baseball. Thanks to the um, Pirates. But also... Um, Sometimes the Pirates' nemesis, <laughs> uh, but they did go ahead yeah, and they won. Their nemesis. They did win Monday night, one um, zero uh, against the Brewers. They did lose last night, three to two, to the Brewers. Highlight of the game last night: Stephen Brault um, singing a national anthem. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good. Apparently, he sung a national anthem previously in his baseball career. In the minors, and I believe one time in college. I mean, he records music. Like, he writes he and does records record, Yeah, music, he does write so. records. He has a band with yeah. a bunch of other guys that play MLB. Uh, he didn't say who. He didn't dime them out and say... Didn't dime them out. He like, didn't dime it. They got to play at the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. They should. Seriously. They should. Stephen Brown... You know how there's that, like, sports writers band? Did you ever, or it's like a writers band. It's not all sports writers because, like, Stephen King is in it. But it's like, it's like Stephen King and Peter Gammons... And like a couple, oh, of, and a couple gosh. other writers who are like sort of based around the New England area, and they they, they got their own band. So it's not like Jimerson actually has like his own like metal band. Jimerson's metal band, like, is that a real thing? It is. Because I you, I can never tell when Mark Madden's like just trolling. And no, like Jimerson has a metal band. He's like I've heard Mark Madden talk about Jimerson's metal band. And They've I've, played in. Concert. I've seen Jimerson cover Beatles songs at like Light Up Night, and it's hard for me to believe right. that he also has a metal band. He does have, a but metal he's a band. good musician, so maybe he does. But he doesn't like he should do more to promote it. Like now that that Boston guy is retired, who does all the like goofy gestures after oh, he sings yeah. the anthem. Like Jeff Jimerson, like after he sings the anthem, he should just start doing like fucking like you know the devil horns, <laughs> and, like you know like the Judas Priest fist pump. Right, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Or he could he could wear just like like a single like studded leather glove. <laughs> so how about um uh the was it Musgrove Musgrove yes Musgrove took a he got a fine thousand dollar fine uh, for a retaliation hit batsman. We could raise twice that just walking around Federal Street oh, next time the Cubs are in town. Definitely. Uh, but here's the thing: the other reason he got the fine is because he admitted it. Well, but that's part of, like, the baseball code, man. Yeah, you don't admit it. You don't admit it. You don't admit it. You just don't. I mean, that guy who hit McCutcheon. Yeah. He never He, he never, never admitted it. He never got fined because he never admitted it. We all, know, we all know it was on purpose. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, the thing with Musgrove, though, is that through admitting it, he was able to basically made his bones as a member of this team. You know what I mean? Like he went, he went to the the mattress, so to speak, for his teammate, and a thousand dollar fine. I mean, you couldn't buy that much goodwill if you bought your teammates a thousand dollars worth of booze at a bar. You know, like to to take a fine for like upholding the code. Shoes. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. Yeah, you're gonna take a fine and so forth. Don't admit it. Whatever, for a thousand dollars, like I'd admit it. Man, walk my ass to the court and say, bitch, I did that. To quote Kendrick Lamar. 
That's right. So, Major League Baseball in general, what do you think about this season? What I mean, as a Pirates fan, it sucks. Because, no, okay, it doesn't suck. I guess it's about what I expected. But they didn't, they weren't bad right out of the gate. So they gave me some false hope. And they, they were still, like, relevant, you know, past uh, Memorial Day, which I didn't think would happen. But right, it was right around Memorial Day that they started cratering. Um, but I, I love watching baseball, Steve, so like I'm going to do the best I can to follow other teams. My big complaint right now is that the app sucks. And oh, I'm sorry. It, it buffers. Like, I can't... You can't follow... Even baseball, which is a slow sport, like, there's just too much buffering. You know? Like, mound visits are, like, slow and, and kind of boring. And they're only allowed six... But then they come out, imagine a mound visit that buffers for like 30 seconds. You know? It feels like 10 mound visits over the course of a game. So, like, I, I want my app to be fixed. But, um, I don't know, man. Baseball is baseball. What are you guys looking at? Uh, it's something uh, that is on TV on silent right now. Yeah. But, uh, so the AL, the AL East, you have the Yankees and the Red Sox. They're up in the top two. The Red Sox are a game and a half behind the Yanks. Um, and then you have the Blue Jays, 16 games back. So the AL East, um, the AL East looks like it's being run away between the Yanks and the Red Sox. 16 games back, that's tough to come back from, even uh, prior to the All-Star break. Uh, and then you have the, <laughs> it ain't happening, man. Uh, the they, or, knew, they knew they weren't going to be good this year. That's why they traded Batista. Right? And then where's Batista at now? New he, York. New York? Mm -hmm. uh, He's and a then, Met, baby. Then you have the Indians in the AL Central. Um, they are five games ahead of the Detroit Tigers, which uh, six games ahead of the Twins and 16 ahead of the White Sox. So that's an Indians... Um, that's the Indians' uh, division right now. Tigers, five games. They have time. Five games isn't that far. Six games isn't that far. Sure. Especially before the um, All-Star break. At this time of the year, it's not the, it's not the number of games. It's how many teams are between you in first place. Because you could be six back and still be make in a wild fourth card. place. Yeah. And okay, and then you've got to worry about... Yeah, that's all three it, of the teams ahead of you for the rest of the season, and that's a lot of scoreboard watching. Right. Okay, but if you're if you're six back and you're in second place, you know you've you've really just got one team to focus on climbing and like just keep winning, win series. Well, also, yes, yeah, win series, keep going, get yourself into a wild card spot. You know, uh, AL West, you're looking at the Astros are three games ahead of uh, the Mariners, and then behind them are the Angels at 10 games, Athletics at 11, and the Rangers at 18. Um, so Astros, of course, added a lot to their pitching, added a lot to their um, offense in general. Garrett Cole um, is on track for a Cy Young right now. And I believe he should have had a Cy Young the one year at the Pirates when he was a 20-game winner. Yeah. But who am I to say that that's being a homer call right there? You know, and, and yeah. I'll get called that every day of the week. And I don't we had a, we had enough good times. Like I don't care about individual awards that did or didn't happen. You know, um, what bothers me is when they don't 
you know, add to that. When they've got when they've got a pitcher who could be a Cy Young candidate and they don't, you know, trade from depth to get some more, you know, either whatever it is, like deeper rotation, deeper bullpen, more offense. I mean, you know, the Pirates just can't get mad about it though. Like it's you know, you br- you brought up Father's Day. Like this is my dad's like thing. He's he's been this he said this to me when the pirates were like lobbying to get PNC Park built. And it's a, you know, it doesn't matter if they're good or not. Like it's Major League Baseball. And we want to have a Major League Baseball team in this city so that we can see Major League Baseball. Correct. Like baseball's great. Baseball's fun. Baseball is America's We've pastime. talked about it a it's lot phenomenal. on this show. Even if the pirates suck, people still you go. still go to see you know the opposing pitcher, or to see your favorite player bat, who your favorite non-pirate player, you know. In my case, Bryce Harper not having such a good year. Well, in the NL East, uh, we have the Braves. They're up three games uh, over the Nats. Was no the Phillies, one saw that coming. Which the Phillies are three and a half behind the Nats, and then ten and a half games is the Mets. Fifteen of the Marlins, which we expected the Marlins to be close to the seller. Um, and the NL Central, which is again proven to be a pretty tight division, um, for the most part, uh, Cubs and Brewers are uh, tied up in first. Cardinals are four and a half games back, and our Buccos are seven games back, and then the Reds are fifteen. Um, again, like I said seven games yeah. back, not not insurmountable. Not insurmountable. But you've got teams between you and first place. You know, you're one game below five hundred. Uh, you know. The Cardinals are only two games above 500. I mean, you know, the Cubs went on a tear here for a while, which they tend to do. Yeah. Uh, AL West, you have the Diamondbacks. They're leading the uh, the league over there. AL West in that division. The Dodgers are two games back, which, you know, the World Series team last year, um, two games back this year. Uh, Giants are four games back. Giants had a shitty-ass start to the season this year. Yeah. They've climbed their way back up. Um, and I was following the Giants too because of Kutch. Like maybe I'm just bad luck. Well, you know the NL West seems to be the most competitive yeah. division. Uh, where you got the Arizona is 40 and 33, the Dodgers are 38 and 35, Giants are 37 and 38, the Rockies are 35 and 38, and the Padres are 34 and 42. So uh, it seems like the Padres have played some more games than the rest, but. Um, you know they probably have no rainouts because they've got they're in San Diego. gorgeous weather every day. Uh, but the but the Padres are seven and a half games out of first in their division out of and five I teams. Nobody cares because they live in San Diego. Exactly. Would you care if your team was shitty as shit and you lived in San Diego? I mean, a lot of people who live in San Diego from other parts of the country because the Navy. Yeah. I I, I have a friend who uh, I'm used, friend used to always go see the Pirates when they were. When they were in San Diego, and he's he's got like pirate P logo, like arm sleeve tattoos. Yeah, I've had, and, and a bunch of Navy tattoos. You know, I've had friends of mine that have been stationed in San Diego and go to the Pirates game, and they go to the Steelers game every time they yeah. play down in, in San Diego and so forth. And they stand out because you know sailors just tend to have a lot of tattoos to begin with. Yeah, and. Yinzers tend to get Yinzer tattoos when they're so inclined to get a tattoo. And also, sailors and Yinzers tend to be drunk whenever they're in public. Yeah, at a game. whenever they're on dry land, basically. Whenever they're on dry land at a game. Um, 
I mean, shit, we could have a hurricane party tonight. Almost. I mean, you know. I mean, it's kind of short of some winds. Going that way. Short of some winds. I mean, we we could have uh, a hurricane party tonight. No, no wind. No wind. Oh, look, humid air is moving back in. Man, I found I I found like twelve shingles like inside on the side of my house, like all attached together. It's I hope good. they're not yours. No, they're mine. They're totally mine. Ah. I'm afraid to go up in my attic right now because I think there's birds living up there, and it's also really dirty up there. Well, at least you have somewhat of a walkable roof. No, are you kidding? No one wants to work on my roof. It's gonna cost no. You cannot. You could not redo that roof without scaffolding. I didn't think it was that much of a pitch. It's way too steep. You cannot walk it. I mean, you could. Hey, but hey, if you like bold sports and you want to give me a roofing discount, like, <laughs> I'm not. Be... I'm not saying I'm looking, but like we could maybe like talk. You know, I could get an estimate now. The roof's not going to get any less steep. Right. Between now and whenever it collapses. I just hope they're not your shingles. No, they're I mean, totally my shingles. I'm telling you. I don't know where they came from. Like, I don't know what part. You can't even see the roof, like, from standing next to the house. Because, like, the houses are so close together. Like, no roofer in their right mind would, like, do my, do my job. So, whatever, man. Well... It's raining, and that's all I can really think about. It's right raining, now. and that little ESPN update that just came through was the Red Sox did lose tonight, four to one, uh, over the Minnesota Twins. So, is their clubhouse flooded? Uh, I don't know if their clubhouse is flooded. Like the Pirates. Well, then give me a break, man. But, just you know, get over it. So, what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, we got World Cup. World Cup every day. Riverhound Saturday. Riverhound Saturday. We Pirates have every day, weather permitting. Pirates every day up until the All-Star break, uh, weather permitting. Uh, we got some golf this week, the Travelers Championship uh, up in Connecticut at TPC River Highlands course. Um, Steelers are kind of in limbo right now. Uh this NBA draft is coming up. NBA draft is coming up, and I care about I, as much about the Steelers as I do about the NBA draft right now. Well, yeah, because I don't it's care. The off season. For it's the off season. I mean, they just had OTAs. They had their mandatory mini camp. Boom, done. Um, you know, NBA draft. Yeah, really. I'm not. You know, I, I wake up every day, and all I hear is. Where's LeBron going? What's LeBron doing? That's the thing. Nobody did, cares did, about did, the draft. Did, did LeBron brush his teeth today? No no um, draft pick is going to have as much impact on the league next year No, as the decision of where LeBron goes. Because right. whatever team LeBron James goes to is going to automatically be a contender for the finals. Pretty much. And whether you're not, not going to draft somebody who's good enough to like make you a finals contender. Yeah. I don't care how good they are. Like Even like, you know, Kobe Bryant or Kevin Garnett, or LeBron James when he was a rookie, like, we're not good enough to carry an entire team nope. to the finals. So LeBron's going to go to a team that's already got some pieces in place. I'm and still saying as, as a neutral fan of the NBA, like, that's a lot more interesting to me than, like, who Sacramento gets. It is. It is know? more interesting to me than who Sacramento gets. Um, I that's not till July 1st, I don't believe. I, st NBA, I, st uh, I still believe... Starts. I still believe that LeBron is probably going to end up in Philly uh, in the East, or if he goes West, he's going to go to Houston. But that's my personal opinion. And other people tell me I'm wrong all day long. And you know what? I can let them because I don't follow the NBA that closely. But you follow it closely enough 
and like I'm on the same page as you. I'd like to see him go to Philly. I'd like to see him go to Philly. The too. argument against him going to Philly is that Philly's put so much time and money, and you know, tanking all those years to get all these drive. Oh, what Stella? You don't agree? You don't agree? My cat just she's she's a Knicks fan. She's just, like the last thing I want is for Philly to get another good sports team. Right, Stella just stuck her head out of the uh, curtains over here. She's staring like, right at me. It's like, what do you do talking about LeBron like eye, that? A little bit of side eye. We do talk about LeBron like that, man. Well, no, I just think LeBron is good. Like, if he goes to Philly, like they will be the best team in the East automatically. If, if like. Okay, so I guess I was saying is that the uh, the criticism of why he wouldn't be a good fit in Philly is because he would not share the ball with all these like young guys like Simmons and Embiid, who they've spent a lot of money like tanking and drafting and developing. Um, on the other hand, you want to win a championship. You know, Philly hasn't won one since in basketball since they had Dr. J. Eighty three. So if you. Apparently, to win a basketball championship in Philly, you've got to have someone as good as or better than Dr. J. Uh, I think LeBron qualifies as good as. He's better than Dr. J. He's probably better than Dr. J by the numbers. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. No one ever brings up Dr. J when they're fighting about, like, Jordan versus LeBron. Yeah, but Dr. J was the fish at St. Pittsburgh. Where's that fish now? Um, flopping around somewhere in the Bethel Park T system. Hey, you know what though? He's still Dr. J. Oh, oh, sorry, we forgot and, to talk about this real quick. Oh, we got Gung. We got uh, a Gung sighting. Jung Ho Gung, uh, in Triple A. Uh, he was scratched in a lineup in Indianapolis uh, tonight. Looks He's like still he in Triple A. Looks like he struck out and had a ground out and so forth. But they did show. Uh, we are watching the eleven o'clock news and Richie Walsh on Kitty K A at Rich Walsh. Uh, on Twitter. You don't have to tell them. He, uh... They already know, man. Yeah, pretty much. They should know. Uh, know. But they did show, uh, the, uh, tarp on the field at PNC mm-hmm. Park. And once they announced they were canceling the game, the guy's just going out and diving across That's and awesome. sliding across the Everyone tarp. wants to do that. Oh, dude, I would. I would do it, too. <laughs> I would totally just go, like, slide across the tarp that's covered in It's water. not worth going to jail over. No, it's not worth going to jail over. But, but if, if you're I allowed would, to be on that field. It's allowed to be on it. got a pass. I would. Yeah, me too. What if, like, Nutting did it? Ah, I think maybe being dragged by the Pirate Parrot's three-wheeler. Ooh, <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> if there's enough, and it did rain a lot tonight, like, if there's enough water on that tarp, like, you could float a little inner tube on there. Well, yeah. But if you could get going fast enough, you could start hydroplaning at least. I wasn't thinking by an inner tube, but okay, you're being nice about it. I was thinking by the net. Oh, but you, anyway. just, you just want to, like, rip see, off your see, dead, like, Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 Bob Nutting, hold on to this rope. <laughs> oh, you're talking about ripping off Bob Nutting's dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that I can get behind. I'm talking about yeah. myself, though. No, 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 no. If I do it myself, I'm going on a tube. Oh, if I'm going myself, and I'm just going to run. A, I'm just going to run across and dive and slide right across the whole field. You're like, ooh, I'm sliding across the tarp. Like Brian Trottier, but without the Stanley Cup. Correct. 1991 yeah. or no, that was two. The first rally was at the first point. rally was at the point. Second was at Three Rivers. So that was Brian Trottier across the tarp and rain. He goes in and slides in the home with it. Boom. That was awesome. Uh, so on that note, we're just going to go ahead and leave you with that memory of Brian Trottier sliding into home 
on the tarp at Three Rivers Stadium with the Stanley Cup held high. It can be that good again, folks. It will be that good again. It might not be the Pirates, <laughs> but we will see another championship in our lifetime. I guarantee it. We will. Uh, thank you, folks, very much for listening to another episode of Bold Sports. Matt and I are going to sign off here, and we're going to figure out um, which direction is the safest way for Matt to get home. Uh, it's easy, man. Go through Dormont. Like I said to the guy at the beer distributor. Main like, roads. You know you're screwed when the easiest route home involves West Liberty Avenue. I know, right? <laughs> uh, thank you very much. And uh, if you like listening to us here on Sorgatron Media, um, let us know here on Twitter, at bold, at bold PGH Sports uh, on Twitter. Uh, at Bold PGH uh, Twitter, also on at uh, Bold Pittsburgh Facebook, Sorgatron Media uh, on the Facebook, and uh, Sorgatron Media on Twitter. Uh, thank you very much, and have a great sports week. Yeah, and let's go all the soccer teams. That's it. World Cup it is. Hey, Ians, thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag Bold Sports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook, or boldpgh.com.